Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 189 of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host, Daryl, and I'm here with Lauren. Hi guys. She's back. I am. Two in a row, Lauren. That's I some know. kind of record for recent times. We are we are on a roll right now. Uh, my appearances are in the plenty. Yeah, we seem to have figured out a slight system. You have a cornucopia of Lauren. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy. Apparently last episode we were on form with our jokes and stuff, so we've got to try and carry that over. I think I generally the jokes happen though when I say something stupid. Oh, no, they probably happen when I say something silly as well. Well, we'll just both try and say silly things. Or maybe things. I'm just not silly, yeah. yeah. Maybe I'm just not silly. But yeah, so um, what are we talking about today, Lauren? Well, they're talking about my favorite antagonist. Yeah, we figured we'd talk about uh, antagonists and mm-hmm. um, kind of the, the pros and cons of different antagonists mm-hmm. uh, and our specific favorite antagonists. Have you even thought about what your favorite one is? <laughs> no, you haven't. <laughs> Daryl kind of throws these topics at me and I'm just like, okay, that's cool. Uh, but I'm normally like knee deep in a nappy change or Ali's asking me a question. And it's I'm like, just read the outline, like, Lauren. Read the outline. Okay, okay, okay cool. Okay. Um, but that makes it organic. Yeah, it does. It does. It's so not... you're getting my actual thoughts. And that is why I, at times, am brain farting because I am literally on the spot. Yeah, it's it's a very literal yes. thing. Um, okay, yeah, so we'll get on to that in a little bit. Uh, but first, for you new folks who are listening for the first time, just a reminder that Final Fantasy Union is part of a podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and it's presented by the Gaming Union Network. We have a new show every Tuesday working in rotation with Kingdom Hearts Union and we come on the iTunes store as well as FinalFantasyUnion.com. And we are now going to do our Patreon shoutouts, which is for everyone who has pledged $2.50 or more per episode. Starting with Lewis James, Nahi Kablai, Barry Norton at Nortron Zero, Chris Morales, Michael Graham, Thorin Bullen at Massacre 23, Zach Duranto at ZDuranto 58, Chris Pope at Dr. Pop 181, Mohammed Kayum. Rachel Casterton at Urba Yunray. Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels. Darren Matthews at Doomster73. Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J. Keith Field at The Mighty Keith. Billy Jackson at Underscore Billy Jackson. Mike. Ishbel Ayala at Red Peppers. Vitanitas. Rob Porter at Squirty Bertie One. Tobias Cappy at The Tobias Cappy. Tori Patrick. Miles Ribbons. David Cowrow. Moki Sayaseth at Mokimon S. And Alex and Rachel Troutman at Akira Namegen. Thank you all so much, Thank guys. You guys. Okay, before we get on to our main discussion, obviously there is a rather big game coming out. Mm. I think the day this comes out. So, Which is also a lie because there's some advertisements that are saying that it's available right now, right this second, even though you can't actually buy it in any store because they will say no. Well, Square Enix shipped it early, right? Themselves. Yeah. yeah. So after everything that's been going on recently with Nomura complaining about release date being leaked and all that stuff, Square Enix themselves released it early. Yeah. Yeah, just 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 sent it out there into the universe, and it's just like spoilers. Beware of spoilers, guys. Beware of spoilers. We don't want any spoilers. Here you go. Have the game four days early, and then we won't give you the uh, secret ending until the thirtieth. Mm-hmm. Okay, thanks. Bye. Mm. So, Lauren, um, obviously we're not a Kingdom Hearts show, <laughs> but not. we would be remiss to pretend as though this game is not happening just because we are not a Kingdom Hearts show. So, are you excited? I am. Like, I mean, I played Kingdom Hearts back when it first came out. Um, It was, like, one of the games that basically made me want 
a PlayStation 2, aside from the fact that I wanted to play StarCraft Ghost, which never came out, rest in peace. Um, but yeah, so Kingdom Hearts was like that game that I just was like, I need to have that right now. I ate it all up. And um, over the years, I've I've played the other games. And even though I'm not like an avid fan like I used to be, um, I'm not I'm not necessarily like, you know, um, I, I'm not tattooing names to my chest or anything anytime soon. But I do still enjoy I do still enjoy a good Kingdom Hearts game. You know, like it is fun. So I'm trying my hardest to just contain the laughter based on the uh, descriptions you're making here. Well, you know, it's a very big commitment if I'm going to tattoo something on my chest. Like I can't just have anything on there. I only have one chest to give. Aside from that, I have a baby who's going to be staring at that chest and I'd rather her first images be not that of something that I am lukewarm on. You could have a keyblade there, you know, and, and... I could do. You unlock the key to my breast. Thank you. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah. So, um, yeah, Kingdom Hearts. I I am really excited for it. Although, although, I find that it is it is um less of the game that I thought it was going to be. Originally, mm. you know. Explain, Lauren. Well, I don't want to give away anything, but like... As everyone who's watched or listened to this show knows, Lauren loves spoilers. So as you can imagine, she's already spoiled Kingdom Hearts 3 for herself, haven't you, dearest? Oh, shush you. Um, but yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's not necessarily that. It's that like, it's just sort of... It's Disney and Kingdom Hearts. It's not Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy and Disney. And that's what makes me sort of sad. But... Oh, well, that's a, that's a story for another day. Um, but am I excited? Yes, I am. I'm very excited to play it. I'm very excited to see where the story goes. The gameplay looks like it's going to be fun. And um, yeah, I just, you know, I'm just you, kind of waiting. You just wish you had it in your hand right yeah, now. Yeah, I do. You're getting FOMO. I am. I'm, I have a, a distinct fear of missing out. Although the only thing that, that keeps me grounded is the fact that you guys who got it early aren't going to see the secret episode because that's not releasing for another few days. <laughs> it's good to have <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I have to have something. <laughs> I, on the other hand, am sitting here, I guess, with intrigue because I don't care. <laughs> I just don't care. <laughs> this sounds really bad, but I just, I played the original Kingdom Hearts and just thought it was kind of ridiculous and... Ever but since, then, it's just got even more ridiculous. But then you are the extreme form of a hipster, Daddies. I am. You are. But like, yeah, we were just... reading the other day, we were like, I was like, what series at the moment do you actually like? And he was just like, uh... Like, you are, so, you are like the epitome of a hipster without even trying to be... Like, even a hipster is just too hipster of a term for you. You're a stir. You're a stir. It's a new new form. Thanks, Lauren. Yeah, you've yeah. Evolved. No, I'm I'm just I'm not. I don't think there's really much about the game that actually interests me. I mean, mm. I'm, I'm curious to play it just to see how much how ridiculous the story is, mm. and whether or not after the limited exposure I've had to the franchise, I would how I I I basically want to be an experiment to see whether or not I I can, can actually, actually understand it, it yeah. based on knowing what I know. Yeah. Yeah, which, which is very few. Very, very... I know enough. Yeah. I know enough to be dangerous. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I we was, did. I was on the Kingdom Hearts podcast for a while, and no you one were. knew. So <laughs> I know that was so funny. I know enough to be dangerous. Yeah. Whereas I, um, I didn't really play the spinoffs um, when I was younger. Like I didn't play them when they first came out. I kind of had to play them when they came out in the HD remaster. So, like, for some reason the information just doesn't stick in my head as well as it used to. So, like, certain things I just don't, like, the, the organization members and stuff, I just, I can't There's get my too brain... too many characters I can't now. get my brain around certain characters and what, like, the Xehanort is who and what and... Oh! But yeah, yeah, so I'm not that interested. I mean, I'll play it, mm. and I'm sure we'll have a competition as to who will finish it first. Mm. It'll be you. But um, yeah, because I'm yeah, I wouldn't say I'm like frothing at the mouth or anything. I just mm. I just want to I want to play it just to see whether or not you want to tattoo yeah. a keyblade on your maybe chest. by the end of it I'll just be like yeah that 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 ultimate keyblade in Kingdom Hearts three yeah give it to me yeah give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing that has come out of all of this um, that does have a repercussion for Final Fantasy is that Nomura has been. Basically, really peed off with all the leaks that have happened, even though it's like mm. four games. Um, and he's kind of throwing his toys out the. Pr- oh, I guess well, that's an exaggeration. He's speculating that uh, he doesn't necessarily want to go through this again, even though Tabala went through it two years ago. Yeah. Like, I don't know why they didn't just figure out it was going to happen again. And actually, that way was way worse than what's happened here. Yeah. But he's uh, talking about the fact that he doesn't necessarily think that simultaneous releases are such a good idea anymore uh and he was spitballing about ways to round, around that um one of them was was bringing back the kind of staged release because mm. obviously part of the problem they have is around the shipping so in japan it's obviously manufactured there but they then have to ship the game globally to make sure that it's ready for all the like sales and stuff so it was probably sent around to different areas of the world like a month ago probably more than that um, and that's obviously gives the longer it's in that in that holding space, the longer it gives people to get it early. Mm. So you know, one of the options is that they release the game digitally first only, and then you get the retail copy I don't know, a couple of weeks later, for example. Yeah, which I think could be a viable option. Like, if you're desperate to get it, you get it immediately. There's nothing to stop you from doing that. Mm. Uh, and then if you're not that desperate, you can just wait a little bit. If you want the retail copy, also from my mind they actually get more of the revenue share that way, mm-hmm. like from the digital sale as opposed to the retail copy. Um, you get you brought up the point about collector's editions and stuff, but I mean, yeah. that's within their control. So technically they should sort that out, but clearly yeah. not because they shipped it early. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> yeah, like I guess, I guess that does make sense. Like if you, if, if you just send out the digital copy that way you can just play it on release day and all will be well. And then, yeah. I mean, one of the things is that we, we kind of just, spoke about briefly when we were talking about this earlier was that you know why can i'm sure there is a cost for creating a code but why can't they just say okay you've bought the game you get the digital copy when it launches and you get your retail copy a couple of weeks later yeah like that way they have the security i don't think it would cost them anything really additional apart from printing a piece of paper that has the code on it yeah um there may be a cost associated to the codes i'm not too sure um yeah they could just send it in an email like that's yeah. it like that's yeah i i don't see any i don't really see a problem with that because that's how it works on amazon right you get you can pre-order a game code mm-hmm. yeah they just give it to you when it's out 
Yeah, I mean, like, so many people were pre-installing Kingdom Hearts 3 even, like... That way they have a lot more control. Mm-hmm. Um, or, I mean, I'm sure that maybe with it, with consoles moving forward, they may have a way of just locking a game out so that it can't be played before a certain period of time, even if you have the disc. Well, I thought it was even interesting just the fact that he locked out the the game's ending, the game's well, true ending. I mean, ending. it's kind of what they did with 15 in a way, though, because they had that day one patch that added all those cutscenes in. Yeah. Um. So, But the problem with that is that if you don't have the internet, they, they have to do it so that the game is still complete. Yeah, yeah. But no, no, I do really think that that idea would work. And, um, I mean, who knows? Maybe even in the future they'll do away with retail copies um, in general, because really with the collector's edition, it's not so much the game that you're looking for, it's the extras, like the steel books or the bring arts and that type of stuff. Like, the it's not really. The unique play arts, Kai. Yeah, the unique, yeah, the one weapon. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, no, now it's bring arts. Now it's the bring arts, Daryl. Sorry. It's the uh, Toy Story, isn't it? The Toy Story. Although I will say that PlayStation 4 Pro was pretty boss that was pretty hot i really did like that version but i didn't like it enough in order to buy another playstation good thank you okay um so yeah that's that's kind of that discussion um yeah hopefully you guys are all looking forward to kingdom Hearts 3 though Mm -hmm. um and we'll be either playing it already if you got an early copy or be playing it today Mm mm-hmm um, okay, so on to our discussion today, which is about antagonists. Oh, we love them. We hate them. Mostly hate, yeah. but also love. Oh, no, mostly love. I always like the bad guys. I don't yeah. know why. Maybe because I'm secretly a psychopath. You're secretly a Necron yeah. fangirl. Yeah. Yeah, well, it was like, you know, in Aladdin and stuff, I always loved like Javar and, you know, I just I just always kind of kind of had a thing, kind of had a thing for the bad guys. That's why I married you, because you're just you're, you're just evil. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, obviously, over the years, what has been classified as an antagonist has changed. Uh, obviously, in the main game, the first game, sorry, we had like, Garland and Chaos, then we had the Emperor, yep. uh, Zande, Cloud of Darkness. But, like, obviously, in the recent, more recent times, what, what has been an antagonist has grown significantly. They've been able to get a lot more backstory. And whereas, I don't know, I guess, like, the... The earlier antagonists, I guess apart from Emperor Palazzo, they were very kind of otherworldly, we want to destroy everything because we want to kind of thing, mm-hmm. like interdimensional beings, those kind of things. But once they got into Final Fantasy VI, they were like, no, nah, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to make it so it's more grounded, mm-hmm. more rooted in the world. Um, yeah. So with Kefka... Obviously, there was the supernatural element to what he was trying to do, but he was just a normal guy. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> he's just a—he's just a normal guy who likes to paint his and face. I, and I think, like, into it, a clown. From that point onwards, they really tried to make it so that the antagonists had some kind of sympathetic side to them. Because, like, with Kefka, he wasn't inherently evil. He had an experiment done on him that made him a bit deranged. Mm-hmm. But if that hadn't have been done, he would have been probably not too dissimilar from General Leo or Celes, for example. Like, they were just normal people who happen to be representing some hellbent maniac called Gestal, but they themselves were just kind of standard guys. Um, he obviously went through the process of being the Magitek soldier, um, and it the well, it made him a bit crazy, um, and uh, kind of hyper-amplified all of his eccentricities, let's yeah. say. Um, but like, you know, Sephiroth as well, perfectly normal guy, until he finds out that he's actually not. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, like, talking about the older, the older generation, like, obviously, I think, um, wasn't it Sakaguchi who said that Garland is, is his favorite, uh, villain, I think, one of them said that, um, and Garland, like, yeah, he's a pretty, pretty basic when we sort of think about enemies now, he doesn't really play a lot in the story, he's one of the first bosses that to you- To clarify, we're talking about Final Fantasy 1 yeah, Garland Yeah, Final here. Fantasy 1, yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, Final Fantasy one, and um, yeah, you you fight him, you fight him like right off the bat, don't you? And um, he's yeah, he's just kind of there, kind of not. But then a lot of the characters are like that. Like I thought when I played through Final Fantasy one that Matoya was going to have a much better, a much more like in depth storyline, but they were all kind of lukewarm. So yeah, I mean, comparing them to the the villains we have now, I mean. Even Cloud of Dark, like Cloud of Darkness, she, you don't see her really, like throughout Final Fantasy three. Like she's just kind of not there. But Zande is probably more yeah. the recurring one. No, well, because it's all it's all the people who represent the crystals, isn't it? And um, I I feel like still, well, I mean, this is this is based off of the remake. I never played the original three, but I played the remake of three, and um. All of them are pretty, like, lukewarm. It's just kind of, they come in, they leave, they come in, they leave. Like, it's not, it's not like the mainstay that the villains are now. I think X-Death might, might have been one of the first ones that kind of, that kind of ingrained himself in the story a bit. Yeah, um, I mean, and Gol- Gilgamesh, Golbez you could say. was kind of there in mm. 4, but obviously yeah. he wasn't the ultimate, ultimate no. evil guy. Um but yeah, and then you have Kefka, who obviously is throughout the entire game, and I think he's he really does sort of stick with you. Like I think it's because he has that Joker mentality. For some reason, Jokers, the Joker type villains, just work. They just I work. Think, I think also with Kefka, they kind of accidentally stumbled upon something. Oh, I say accidentally, like it. I mean, Kataze was saying that. Uh, when we did his uh, video, we ran into the fact that, you know, they the the humor wasn't really supposed to be part of his character. And then Kataze was like, well, why don't we just add a, why don't we just add a little bit of humor in there just to make him just to make him more grounded? Because otherwise he's just a mad guy. Yeah. If we put in a bit of humor, then like he's a mad guy, but also he's there's something that's a bit different about him. Yeah. It's the endearing type of thing. Like the fact that you have to du- they dust off his shoes yeah. in the desert and stuff. Like he's yeah, it it's like almost a way where you can it softens the blow a bit when you think about how how horrible it is, like what he's done. It's just like, oh, but he's funny. And I think like he's he's probably the first one where the atrocities felt a bit more um relatable. I don't know if relatable is the correct word, but Realistic. He, he, yeah, he did he did things and you were like Wow, that sucks. Because yeah. you saw that. I guess it's the first time where you really saw the repercussions of actions. Oh my god! But related like, yeah. to one specific character, because like Final Fantasy IV obviously had certain things as well. Um, but it's where they started going into the storytelling of like there's consequences based on these actions. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to, you got to see like how ruthless these characters were. Whereas like you know someone like Sephiroth, yeah, sure, like he's evil. Um, but he didn't really he didn't really have that side of things. I think he. Like some, like Sephiroth, like Caius, um, even Seymour to a degree, Kuja, like they're all characters where there was a degree of sympathy with their with what they were going through. Mm. 
like once you actually understand the backstory behind like why they are doing things why they are the way that they are yeah yeah, like because yeah like most of them weren't they didn't start off being evil Mm -hmm. like they didn't plan on being like yeah i'm gonna be an evil guy when i grow up yeah most of them were pretty pretty standard and it's just that something happened in their lives that pushed them down a certain path I mean, even Ultimessia, like, you think about the fact that her ending speech is just about, like, how everybody dies and it's just, like, horrible and, like, she was just so bitter. She just became such a bitter, twisted person that she's just sort of forgot how to be a human. Um, Like, you can kind of relate to that in a way that your most evil side can take over. She was just kind of, like, got to that point where seed kept trying to defeat her and she was just like why just, just leave me alone yeah like like i'm just just i was just born a sorceress like i just became a sorceress like just go away um and i mean also uh you also have adele or sorry uh, adia in um the earlier parts of the game how she was possessed by ultimessia like through the first portion of the game you're pretty much just like adia stop <laughs> but then you find out that she she was the um owner of the orphanage and like she actually was a really kind-hearted woman but she just happened to be a sorceress who got possessed mm. so yeah like um i mean sephiroth sephiroth is a difficult one cuz like for me particularly just because of the ambiguity of his existence. I wonder if they're going to cover it a bit in the remake, but there is that sort of ambiguity about whether or not it actually is Sephiroth or well, it's Cloud. It's it's the misconceptions, right? And Around what's Genova actually happening with him, yeah. Like, I think it's more interesting if if it's Cloud, even though if it doesn't really make much sense I as think... far as the narrative goes. But, like, I... I do also still feel bad for Sephiroth as a person. I mean, obviously, Crisis Core completely defeats that, um, defeats that whole thing, probably in a way. I think with Sephiroth, the thing they did that right was to make him basically the the antithesis of Cloud. Like he is the person who can get in his head. Mm-hmm. Because really, in Final Fantasy VII, if you appreciate that. Most of the things that happen aren't Sephiroth. They are Genova under the influence of Sephiroth. Mm-hmm. Um, they just chose to represent, like, he morphs into Sephiroth to make it look like a Sephiroth. But um, Sephiroth isn't actually in the game that much, yeah. really. But when he is there, like, he, the, the, the impact he has is so pronounced. And the, the things that he makes Cloud do that you have no control over. It's like... <sighs> Because you work really hard to do something like, oh, we need to get the black materia. Okay, we got it. Oh, and now Cloud's just given it to. Damn it, Cloud! Stop screwing up. <laughs> like it's that it's that it was those kind of things where like he he kind of contra- he contravened things that you were actively trying to mm-hmm. do to, in within the story. It was it wasn't like stuff that you had no control of over to a degree because you knew you had to do it, and then once you'd mm-hmm. achieved it, it would then be like, oh no, we've taken it away now. Yeah. Sorry. And, yeah. And it's this guy's fault. <sighs> Whereas I think other bad guys just did bad things. Like Kefka yeah. poisoning um, the river had nothing to do with what we were actually doing. It was just yeah. something that they showed him doing that was bad. Mm. Whereas Sephiroth, it was, there was a much more of a kind of a battle that was going on between him and what you were trying to do. For I feel like for the first time. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'd say in a way, but like uh, I mean, you can think about Kepka moving the warring triads and stuff. As but that was right at the end way. of the game, though. Yeah, it was a bit like it was. It was more so towards the later parts of the game. But like he does really screw up a lot. But then so does Gestalt by even existing. Um, but then you have like you move on to uh, Kuja in Final Fantasy IX. Um, Kuja's character is really interesting because I think, yeah, um, he, even though you can find sympathy in what, um, in Sephiroth's character, like, I feel like Kuja is the first one that I actually did have, like, sort of sympathy for, if only because he was just throwing tantrums. He was just lashing out because he... He just didn't want to die. He didn't. He was a second-rate version of of Zidane, and he just didn't. He just was. Well, he know. also didn't even like. He was just sent to the planet to just do stuff. Yeah. Um. He didn't really. That's the thing. He's he, the thing about Kuja is that he's like a sixteen, seventeen-year-old kid, but really in reality, he's got the mental mental age of like a four-year-old. Yeah. So he's just yeah, like he's he's grown up, but he's never had to to learn to process anything. Yeah. And so most of what he's doing is, yeah, he's just rebelling the mm. entire time. I feel like the game didn't necessarily do a great job of surfacing that, though. Mm. Like Not until the end. No, not until right at the end. Um, and when you understand, obviously, the relationship between him and Garland as well. like it. But I think, again, like you have to really, really take it in. Mm. Because I remember when I first played the game, I kind of glossed over most of it. And I didn't understand the relationship between Kuja, Garland, and Zidane at all. Mm. I just... I just I kind of got bits of it, but I didn't really understand. I only got the superficial layer of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. No, I can see that because I mean, at the time when I played it, I was only like twelve or thirteen, you know. Um, but but I think like, yeah, you know, it's interesting. We asked some of the community about who their favorite before we get onto our favorites. We asked who their favorites were, and I think it's interesting to see such divisive views as well, and as and as to reasons why. So, for example, Rachel um, on our Discord server said that she really likes Ultimacia because uh, she goes through time, possesses people, and just to try and get what she wants, like it's pretty mm-hmm. badass. Whereas David was was more on the lines of Caius because he's basically that tragic bad guy. Like he's not. A bad guy like mm. he didn't choose to be bad or anything like that bad bad things happened to him yeah and then he was trying to get out of that he was yeah. he was his way of solving the problems that he'd been given was to be a bad guy yeah which is unfortunate because yeah he was a really good guy yeah which is really what they should do with kylo ren it's what kylo ren should be in star wars essentially isn't it but uh, yeah, no, I do. I do really, really love Caius, and I, I'm, I mean, Ultimacia was my first Final Fantasy villain, really. Um, we also have Billy, uh, who said that Sephiroth was his favorite uh, because he was the perfect counter for Cloud and feels irreplaceable to the story, unlike some other villains, which I that I, I'd agree with. Um, and then we have Barry, who said that Seymour is his favorite uh, because of his music, his voice, um, the different forms that he has, and also his backstory, which I have to wholly agree with. I mean, I I sound like a broken record whenever I talk about Seymour, but, like, people always, always say, like, how terrible Seymour is, but then when you think about the fact that most of his stuff is backed about, um, is backed by the fact that he was basically abused and sort of neglected as a kid and 
Um, he suffered mass racism because of the fact that he was Guado and human. Um, like, that's pretty heavy stuff. And, you know, anyone's going to be messed up after having that kind of and, childhood. And also, he was basically living by himself in a temple for, like, 20 years. Yeah, right? like, how is he going to... How you know you you're still growing like when you're a kid you're still you're still mentally um growing and learning and if you're just shown that people are horrible or you just keep um you're in an echo chamber of just um people being horrible to you like how are you supposed to have any sort of sympathy for someone else's life like you will think of things it's almost like just thinking about things in the most logical form without any empathy whatsoever like because he just wanted to destroy Spira because he thinks you know everybody's suffering let's just kill everybody you know it's an easy way to sort our problems everybody dies we'll all be happy on the far plane we'll have a party it'll be great but like the thing is, is that people don't really want to die. Go figure. Um, <laughs> like, sorry about it. Uh, but yeah. Um, I think the thing that's weird about Seymour as well is that the rest of the maesters knew his plan. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, sounds good. Well, because they're dead. Well, Micah's dead too. Yeah. So Micah's not, it doesn't affect Micah, does it? It's just like, well, I'm already dead. Oh, I'm having a party. So, uh, yeah, you can do whatever you want. Seymour. I mean, that's the weird thing as well, because I think like when you're talking about Seymour in the context of killing everyone, mm. everyone could just choose not to die. Mm. But then the whole thing is that Sin wouldn't be able to then kill them. Mm. So I guess that's what he was trying to achieve, right? Because it wouldn't be that everyone just ceases to live. Mm-hmm. Everyone could just carry on choosing not to be sent. Yeah. And then they just walk around and live forever. That'd be great. Like, And Sin would just be this thing that would be going around trying to kill them, but wouldn't be able to. <laughs> But then I don't know how that works, actually, because like it, it all goes into this sort of um, mythology of Final Fantasy X, because most people who are unsent, they turn into fiends, don't they? F- uh, yes, as in turn, but no one really knows why. Yeah, so that's the sort of weird thing about it, because like, I mean, whew, the lady in the freaking... Oh, well, no, it's, it's, if, it's if you have a mate, if, if you're um, killed, but you have a, a, like a really strong tie... To the planet. To the planet, then you won't become a fiend. Oh. Because, like, I mean, I think about the most haunting one for me, which was, um, oh, Lulu's, Lulu's old summoner, uh, Mm. the one who died in, uh, the Cave of the Stolen Faith. Like, she was creepy AF. And same with, um, the ones in the Bevel Cloister of Trials. They were all really angry. Like, I mean, you just have a world of all angry people. It's quite scary. So, Lauren. Yes. If we're getting on to favorites, who who would you say over the years has been your <laughs> has been your favorite? Um, I mean, I'd probably say a solid Seymour. I really do like Seymour. I think that he's a really a really good character and I think he has such a fleshed out backstory, but I mean, obviously you have to sort of really really look inside what makes him tick in order to really appreciate how fantastic a character he is and really how fantastic a story Final Fantasy X is in general. Um, but that would be that would be my pick, I think. What about you? Not Shuyin for you, no? 
No, not Shu Yin. No, because he's a bit, yeah, he's a bit weird. Uh, for me, um, I don't know. I've just been looking at the list mm. pretty much for the last half an hour trying to figure <laughs> out who I would pick. And um, what I think is really interesting about it is that there are so many different types of antagonists as well. Like even with what we've mentioned, yeah, sure, there are quite a few that have got, they've gone down the sympathetic route recently. Yeah. But like if you look at Final Fantasy XII, you could argue that Vayne is, of course, the antagonist of the game. Like mm-hmm. Vena is obviously an antagonist in the game, but the Curia also an antagonist in the game. And really... Vane is another one who is he's sympathetic but not in the same way mm. because he found something and wanted to try and save the planet and and actually he was doing the right thing many would argue in trying to do that but the way he went around it was incredibly evil yeah <laughs> like yeah. i'm just gonna kill all my brothers <laughs> yay um and obviously final fantasy 13's bartandalus i don't think is gonna be on anyone's list no but caius definitely caius is really yes. cool um weirdly and enough then arden this is gonna be this is gonna be really bad but i've always had something of a soft spot for ravis yeah like i just feel as though his character is incredibly misunderstood mm-hmm. and it's because they just told his story really really badly mm. i don't know there's just always been something around him the way the way that it's one of those things again he's like a sympathetic antagonist in terms of and Arden is too really mm-hmm. um, but Ravis is that he's just trying to do everything to protect his sister mm-hmm. but he always makes the wrong choices yeah it's very similar to Terra in um, in Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep I mean not necessarily that he's protecting his sister but just that he just keeps making the wrong decisions and you're just like oh my goodness baby just stop it please just just stop just stop Take a breather, take a bath, realize who you're talking to, and, you know. But, yeah, no, I do think that Ravis is um, Ravis is a bit of a shame, especially because I feel like Kingsglaive does not, does not really hold a candle to his character in 15 as well. Like, I feel like they're two completely different characters. Yeah. Like, Ravis in, in Kingsglaive is, like, just so sort of... I don't know, just like a basic evil, like basic antagonist, essentially. Like there's not a lot of He just sounds spiteful. He's, he's, what's his name from freaking Game of Thrones? He's the brother, isn't he? Um, Jamie Lannister. No, no, No? the other one. Um, Well, yeah, could be, could be. Um, I mean, um, we want to imagine him sleeping with Luna Freya. But no, no, no. I was thinking more so uh, Danny, Danny's old brother. Oh, yeah, no. um, Targaryen. Yeah, 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 Yeah. him. Yeah, I was thinking about him, like, he, and people do compare the two because they kind of look similar. But, like, yeah, yeah, he seems more like that in Kingsglaive. Whereas in Final Fantasy XV, he just, he's completely different. Yeah. I don't know why I said Jamie Lannister. I don't know either. We don't even watch Game of Thrones. I know. We're such posers. Uh, um, but anyways, no, no, no. I know. Like, Ravis is cool. And Arden is cool as well. I just... <laughs> I was just looking at the list and I kind of forgot. <laughs> I don't... I mean, I I wouldn't put Arden on the pedestal in the same way that a lot of other people have. I don't think he's that fantastic, I think. I think compared he just has to, charisma. Yeah, compared to, like, Kefka, Sephiroth, like, Kuja, Seymour... I don't think Arden is as good as them as an antagonist. I think Caius is way better than Arden as well. 
obviously we're going to find out more about Arden soon. Yeah. But I'm, I think it I'm was curious. more, it was, again, it, I didn't really like the way that Arden was portrayed in the story. I thought it was quite tame. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what episode Arden does with him. In terms of my actual favorite, though, outside of Ravis, um, because I don't think I can really say that Ravis is my favorite because he has like five minutes of screen time. Yeah. I I mean, Sephiroth is really cliche, but I think he is he is a good antagonist mm-hmm. because he has obviously the extra backstory they put in with Crisis Core. They, they, they alluded to it in Seven, but I think it is just that the duel he has with Cloud just isn't really there with any of the others. Because mm. obviously uh, Kuja and Zidane, but... But like it, it is, doesn't have the same dynamic, I don't think, yeah. uh, as as Sephiroth and Cloud. And I also, they reconcile. Mm-hmm. Sephiroth is never going to reconcile with anyone. Like no. he just has, he just turns into pure hatred. Yeah. And even within Advent Children, you see the fact that he is just constantly trying to screw Cloud over. Like that's yeah, sure he wants to destroy the planet, whatever. But outside of that, his objective is to just mess with Cloud. And if you're looking down all of the other antagonists, none of them, none of the other antagonists are that vindictive. I don't think like mm-hmm. they all are focused on their main objective. They don't really have time for anything else. Whereas with Sephiroth and Cloud, it's it's it feels personal. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't think any of the others had that connection with the protagonist. Like Vane yeah. couldn't give a crap about like Vaughn or Ash or anyone else or those guys. Like Bartanus couldn't really care. Seymour could to a degree he, but he, they cared more about him than he cared about he cared about them i feel i don't know because he was always he was always obsessed with titus and saying like son of jack and just being really but nothing he ever did was was personal towards him like they just happened to be in his way and then he mm. would come back with like a retort or whatever like yeah, he didn't he definitely ever did it to kill he definitely killed all the ronzo but he didn't he they he killed them because they're in his way. Hmm. Like I don't I don't feel as though he ever did anything to directly um impact like, get at them mm. as as such. Like the whole thing with Yuna was just like they didn't go along with his plan, so yeah. he got angry. Yeah. Um but it he wasn't like trying to me- like Titus was just a fly yeah. that who was just like, Can you just go away please? Yeah. Whereas Titus obviously was more for, it was more for Titus's benefit that relationship than Seymour. Like Seymour, I don't feel cared mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. He wanted to use Yuna. She obviously wasn't too interested, but Titus was just his guy. He was just kind of there, whatever. Okay, can you just go away, please? Yeah, I'm just gonna slap you. I yeah, I feel like yes, and, and Kefka obviously didn't have that either. Like Terra, maybe, mm-hmm. but um, and Celeste, there was like a bit of thing because they used to be. Um, comrades, co-workers, but yeah. co-workers. Yeah, <laughs> you know, co-workers. But yeah, for I feel style. like for me, yeah, like as Billy said, like it's Sephiroth had that extra layer of depth with Cloud that I don't think any of the un- other antagonists have had. Really, mm-hmm. I guess Cecil and Golbez to a mm-hmm. degree. Um, you could argue against, but I think with Sephiroth, he just had that 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 personal. It, it felt personal. Mm-hmm. I really did like. Um, I mean, sort of design-wise, I really did love the design of Adia. Like, for some reason, Adia Kramer, maybe it's because it was my first game. I just always loved the theme of hers. I always loved how her entrances were, how she 
came in, like just how you fought her. I just... So weird. I I could not even fathom her as a character in Final Fantasy VII, which is obviously yeah, what she was I know. meant to be in. I know. That would have been so weird, wouldn't it? But like, I just, I loved, I really loved how, how she was portrayed. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely think like for me, she's probably a second, but that's only because of the fact that I just really like how she's designed. I just think she makes a really cool, a really cool villain. Mm. But okay, yeah. yeah, so that's, that's it. That's yeah. our two choices. Yeah. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the discussion. And uh, feel free to join the Discord and, and let us know who your favorite antagonist has been. Mm. Uh, music this episode is really old school. Oh, really, yeah. really old school. It's from Final Fantasy XI. It's a remix of the airship theme by DJ Playschool. Uh, he used to rearrange a lot of Final Fantasy XI music. He did a really good arrangement of Sanctuary of Zitar as well, which I really enjoyed listening to. It's pretty chilled out, you know. Hopefully you guys can... Uh, chill out to it when you're listening to it as well mm. um, yeah. yeah so Relax. the next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled to come out on the 12th of Feb which is not next week it's the week after we're going back to our normal kind of bi-weekly rotation after uh, the K2 guys wanted to do their episode after the game's out mm-hmm. of course if you want to listen to it feel free to subscribe on iTunes just search for Final Fantasy and we are there or thereabouts and of course you can catch every episode at FinalFantasyUnion.com also, remember, if you really enjoy the show, why not support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash FFKHUnion. And with that, it's time to say goodbye. Goodbye. And I'm Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a FinalFansUnion.com production. 